Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional grade industrial supplies. Count on real time product availability and fast delivery. Call clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Passion, drive, and patience. The formula for winning championships is also what keeps your ride or die alive. eBay Motors has everything you need to maintain your vehicle and level it up to peak performance. Superchargers, roof racks, exhaust kits, LED headlights, and more. Whether you're into speed, power, or style, eBay Motors has you covered. With over 122 million parts for your number one ride or die, you'll always find exactly what you're looking for. And with eBay Guaranteed Fit, your part is guaranteed to fit your ride every time or your money back. Because with eBay Motors, you're burning rubber, not cash. With all the parts you need at the prices you want, it's easy to make your car the MVP and bring home huge wins. Keep your ride or die alive at ebaymotors.com. Eligible items only. Exclusions apply. See ebaymotors.com. Welcome back to Believe in Colts. I'm Lawrence and With me as usual is my guy, Gerard Powers. Gerard, we had a great weekend. Um, obviously, a lot a lot of stuff happened. The, the country felt a little bit of warmth run, run around and then some, some cold air. You, however, my friend, uh, had a very interesting weekend. Mind telling us a little bit about it? Oh yeah, um, was in Atlanta. Son had a had a basketball tournament to attend. Uh, was got to got to see a couple old uh, friends of mine. Uh, actually, one from the team that we do not like in the Tennessee Titans, and some Derek Marks. But you know, best friend from college, and then another one is a team that I don't like in the University of Alabama, but played together in in Arizona as longtime safety Rashad Johnson. So. Was excited that uh, they got to come and see um, a kid that they saw born into the NFL and kind of a 10-year-old now and seeing him play basketball. But had a lot of fun in Atlanta and uh, back home trying to get back in the routine of things. Awesome. Speaking of the tournament, our partners at Bet Online continue to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all the latest sports developments, including the updated odds on the NBA playoffs, fights and even seasons futures and don't forget that the mlb is back as well who are you picking to win the world series bet online is continued your continued source for all your sports wagering needs including live betting and your favorite vegas casino and poker games it's super easy just to get started go ahead visit the website today or use your mobile device to join and use our promo code believe that's b-l-e-a-v to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit, bet online where the game starts. Special guest with us today, Kylan Granson, second year tied in for the Indianapolis Colts. Welcome to the show, Kylan. I appreciate it. Thank you guys for having me. Hey, I'd like to open this up, kind of put you on the spot real quick. All right. So about a year ago, you yeah. were on Good Morning Football. Do you recall this? Yes, I do. Okay. Well, during that interview, you made a very bold statement. You said that whatever organization picks you up, that they will not be ready for all that you bring Mm. and that you would take it easy on them during the first year. But Mm. the second year, you would be taking over. Mm. 
Now, would you like to uh, uh, double down on that or make a comment or something? I'm doubling down. Doubling down. I like You're to hear that. Soon. I hope you guys are ready. <laughs> awesome. JP? Hey, Colin, man. Uh, I'm Gerard Powers, man. So I, I'm a former former Colt myself. And, uh, you know, one of the things I remember as being a Colt was just how close the locker room is, uh, the leadership that's already in place. You being in the room with Jack Dole, man, and him not being there now, what did you learn from Jack? as far as from a leadership standpoint that now you can take in as one of the guys that's a returning player that's trying to develop into one of the main leaders on the team. What did you learn from Jack going forward into your second year? Um, I mean, I learned a lot from Jack. Jack was Mr. Dependable. I mean, Pat McAfee had the Jack of all trades shirt of like him doing everything. Um, but yeah, Jack, he was very composed, like dudes a vet, him and T.Y., um, we, we will definitely miss them. But um, as far as things I learned from him, um, it all starts with us like every day, like we got to come in the building with intent to get better. Um, you can't have off days every day. Like you got to come in intentful. And, and Matt actually had a good quote today. Um, I'd never heard it before, but I actually really, really, it really resonated with me. He said, to do think to to get something you've never had, you have to do something you've never done. And I thought that was like an amazing quote. I was like, I got to make a shirt or something. But I mean, yeah, I mean, he kind of showed me the ropes. Like he, it's all about routine. And Jack's always the same guy. He's always going to do the right thing. He's always studied up. Um, it really just kind of gave me a baseline to base my next year off of and be like, okay. Year one, I was this, this, and this, and then I kind of can look and compare. All right, Jack was doing this. I was doing this. How can I get like that? So it definitely gave me a baseline. Building off that, actually, uh, last year, obviously, your rookie year, uh, didn't really know a whole lot to expect when you come in, uh, just just basically learning. What did you learn from your year one? that you can now know that you can work on for year two to become uh to take your game to the next level um so honestly it's all up here uh it's just getting to know the game even more in depth um great thing about jack and mo they always play with accelerated vision they're always seeing things before it happens okay this safety's kind of cheating down this way okay i know they're gonna roll um just being able to play a step ahead so that way you can just play ball and not have to be thinking like, oh, my God, uh, so I got to block this guy. Well, did we just check the play? Okay, all right, now I got to th- – well, rather than being up here, just playing football, being smooth, I feel like that's the next step. Gotcha. Hey, I know you spoke uh, just earlier on Matt Ron's statement that he gave you – I mean, quote that he uh, just gave you guys today – uh, he just he's been in the building now for, you know, a month or so, uh, been going through workouts with OTAs and everything. What have you saw from Matt Ryan uh, so far since he's been in the building that you just know this was the right man and the right leader for this team? Oh, man's about all about his details. Everything detailed. You're getting your depth. You're in the right spot. You, wherever he's putting the ball, you're turning that way. Everything that we do has been incredibly intentful. So, like, that's why I said, like, we come in here every day and, you know, we come work out and stuff like that. But we got to have that intent. And Matt makes sure that we are intentful with all the work we're doing. We're hammering out the basics, hammering out the foundation. So that way 
once we get to this little break and then we come back for camp, we're already going to have that foundation. We can build that beautiful house, you know? Yeah, we exactly. we were going to hold this off to two two questions, but I'm gonna make uh give us three because we got a little bit of extra time. We was only going to give up ten minutes here. Yeah. Um, you talked about training camp. Uh, what was it like for you during training camp last year, having fans there actually watching you guys practice? And uh, what are you looking forward to this season? Um, it was actually pretty cool, and uh, a lot of the guys said like all this kind of was all abnormal because of COVID and all that. But for me, it was my first year. So this, that was normal for me. So, I mean, going into year two, um, honestly, it, it's going to be exciting. I know I enjoyed, um, I had my family come out and see and watch practice and that was kind of cool. And then also we got to interact. We throw footballs up to all the kids and stuff. That was fun. Um, but yeah, I, I thought it was, I was just having a blast while hey, hey, I've got three of them. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I never got one from you, but I, I you was know. out there every day. All the oh, I know. I, I caught I caught one of yours, but I ended up giving it to a child that didn't uh, wasn't able to catch one. Oh, good on you, man. Good on you, man. Some I mean, I'm not as accurate, so sometimes it you know it's a loose cannon out there. <laughs> but um, yeah, training camp was definitely unique. I had a lot of fun, and it was also very tough, but at the end of the day, I can brag to my kids. Yeah, back in my day, training camp was way different. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. You talk about training camp and how the fans, this will be my last question as well, how the fans just, you know, makes it so enjoyable. And uh, I remember my time as a coach, and it was the same thing in training camp, man. The fans, every practice just got it packed out, you know, doing whatever for the players. Earlier, uh, about a couple months ago, or earlier next, uh, last month, Chris Ballard kind of spoke out and, uh, some things about you when he said that uh, he, he liked what he saw, you know, uh, from you as a rookie and uh, can't wait to kind of see that that jump going forward to the next year. Is there anything you want to tell the fans uh, before they get ready to come back to training camp and what ex- what to expect coming from you going into the season? I mean, year two is coming. You know, I know what to expect this year. A lot of the stuff was unknown, assignments, playbooks, stuff like that. I've got a year under my belt. Jack was my mentor. Mo's my mentor. I got Mo coming back. I've learned a lot. I'm excited to see where my game is going to elevate because it's all about elevate, elevate, elevate. And I'm just, I'm more than I'm, I'm hype. I'm like eight, four or five months away and I'm ready to play ball right now. You know what I mean? But it's a good feeling, man. A lot of Colts fans can't wait for that either. So, um, uh, really quick, uh, I, I would like to give you a moment uh, to talk to those that are watching and listening to the podcast right now um, a little bit about the foundation that you have going. Okay. Uh, I'll, I'll try to sh- give the short version. Uh, uh, go ahead. KG's kids um, is kind of really a pet project between me and my parents. Um, I'm an avid reader. I love reading. Uh, my mom's a teacher. My dad's a coach. So they're both in the schools and like school districts. So education is obviously like number one for me. Uh, and I think my love of reading was what allowed me to go to some of the good schools I got into. So I got into Harvard. I went, I ended up going to Rice instead, but then after that, I went to SMU. Um, but I think a lot of the opportunities I've had are because of reading, because I'm so intelligent and I'm pretty, you know, decent with my words. Um, and honestly, I love reading because I think it makes me who I am. And so I kind of want, to get kids into reading as well. Cause I know it took me to the NFL, 
who knows where it can take other kids, whether it's into fashion, whether it's into tech, you know, it, it can really be whatever you want. Reading's universal. Um, and also I want to give kids some, you know, different books that they can read that have different cultural backgrounds in them. Cause you know, a lot of times you read a book about someone who doesn't look like you can't, you can kind of empathize, but it's different when you read someone that kind of looks like you. Now, I, I, yeah. I think it's just like a very, you know, unique thing that I think kids should have the opportunity to do. So that's what we're doing. Uh, I have KG's carnival books coming up. Um, go on there. If you guys want to donate uh, kgskids.com. Um, we're going to try to raise some money, give out some books and hopefully some kids get to read this summer. That's great, man. That's awesome. That is that is absolutely awesome. Uh, just in case you didn't know, I heard there's a former quarterback for the Colts that are really big into getting kids into reading as well. That's a book club. I don't. Oh, who I don't, is that guy? I can't remember. Rhymes with duck or something. Like that. <laughs> well, thank you so much. I appreciate uh, you taking time out to spend a little bit of time with us, and uh, good luck this season. Yeah, appreciate y'all. Thank you guys for having me. I had a blast. So that was Kylan Granson, second-year tight end for the Indianapolis Colts. Gerard, what were some of the things that he said that really, you know, got you excited? Uh, it probably wasn't none that he said. It's just you can tell he's excited about getting back to work and, uh, you know, getting ready for year two to kind of prove himself. You can just see the antsiness in him when he was just talking ball. And that means, I mean, that means you're drafting the right guys when you're talking about Chris Ballard and the guys that he's putting – you know, into the organization, guys that want to be at work, guys that want to get better, guys that, you know, can't wait, already got the countdown. Well, what are we, five months away, four months? Like, he's already counted down uh, and just being ready to play. And I remember that same feeling just as a young player, you know, coming back into the offseason, already been through it one time, now feeling more comfortable knowing everybody's name and organization. Now you're not walking around as the new kid. Now people know who you are. So you can just tell he's excited to get back to work. And that's always a good feeling. Absolutely. Um, now, my my thought is he's learning from different people all the time. You know, even yeah. his quarterback, he talked about the quote that he had during today's practice. That was, that was freaking awesome. Um, and, and in my opinion, that you have to learn every day it's a, it's a non-stop progression whether you're a second year tight end or a 15-year vet at the quarterback position yeah. you know you're always learning and it's good to see that he's he's out there uh soaking in information for wherever he can get it and i, yeah. I really like that like hearing about that so i think one of the main things that he said that kind of stood out now thinking about it now that you you brought that question up now thinking about it was just how detailed uh, Matt Ryan is on a day-to-day -day basis and I think a lot of times fans don't realize that like when you're talking about great players and great organizations everybody respects the process and the process starts over every year it starts over you got to start from day one scratch as if you don't know nothing and build your foundation and build on it build on it and build on it and the only way to do that is to be detailed about the small things every great player if you ask them what did they focus on and be so great, they're all going to say it's a small thing. So just to hear that coming from a young player that's soaking it all up still, still learning the game, still learning the ins and outs, and he's already noticed how detailed Matt Ryan is, just speaks volumes. And I think that kind of shows you the leadership qualities in Matt Ryan that's gonna, that he's bringing into Indian. And, and, you know, it's a, it just assures you 
that you know we got the right guy at the helm uh, at the moment. So it's a it, that that's a good that's a good thing to hear. Absolutely, building off of that, it kind of reminds me of a little bit of what former players used to say, including yourself, about Peyton Manning. Right, uh, oh, yeah. very very de- detailed oriented person. So uh, I, I'm a, I'm right there with you. I think this is a a situation where um, not only does him being detailed help him out, but you know, other people see this, he's going to, you know, enforce that on the other players as well. And, you know, you always lead by example, not just with your words. So yeah, this is a, a, a very good thing to hear from uh, Kylan about Matt Ryan. Um, want to move on now with the, the podcast um, real quick. I posted yesterday because I thought we was going to do one yesterday, but then we got hit up by uh, the Colts. Real quick, though, I just want to make a shout-out to the Indianapolis Colts, uh, the PR department, Matt Conti, and then, of course, um, uh, Hayden Clark uh, for for getting that interview set up with us here uh, with Kylan Granson. But got a couple questions. Most of it is about the draft. And I want to go ahead and bring up some of that. Um, Jason Sanders on Twitter asked a question. What top prospects do you have doubts about living up to their draft potential, their position? Um, I'll let you go ahead and answer that. That's a tough one, man. Um, Like right now you're hearing about the DN for Michigan and it's a lot of hype getting put on him and he's putting it on himself a little bit when he says it's the new pass rush you at Michigan uh, when when you look at your your rival in Ohio State and those guys producing the last, you know, five, six great pass rushes that we got in our league right now. Mm-hmm, but, uh, right. I, I think I think it's going to be a little pressure on him just off of when you watched him his last game, he didn't perform at the level that he probably should have. He got the Heisman nod. Will Anderson at Alabama didn't. Uh, and it was kind of one of those comparison type things where people really was just putting his, I guess, the negatives that he has in his game right now, they were just putting it in the spotlight. Uh, and he's a great player. You know, you watch his film. He's very productive. Uh, you know, he's, uh, you know, he calls havoc. You know, he's a great player. And I think he's going to, you know, uh, be a great player in this league. But far as the the hype and living up to it, I think he has a lot of hype on him or a lot of expectations on him because it kind of came out of nowhere. So I'm going to say the defense end, Hutch- I want to say his name is Hutchinson um, yeah. You know, yeah. Uh, from Michigan. And uh, the second player I would say is Stingley, uh, the cornerback from LSU. You know, he came in, had a phenomenal, phenomenal year, his freshman year, locked up everybody in the SEC, had six or seven picks in a, as a freshman, and then his last two years was kind of mediocre. Um, didn't live up to the great year he had as a freshman, which is not it's, it's kind of hard to be judged. <laughs> you know, you come in as a freshman in year one and you're a first-team All-American on the, the regular All-American, not freshman All-American side. You're a first-team All-American as a whole. Uh, so it's kind of hard to live up to those expectations when everybody places that on you, uh, you know, coming back from your – your first year, but he dealt with some injuries, um, you know, played some big time receivers and didn't win his matchups as much. Uh, so I think it's going to be a lot of pressure on him because you're hearing top five with him. You're hearing top 10. And when we're talking about those guys, you know, we're expecting, you know, Jalen Ramsey type production and, and, and that those type things. So I think I think those two players are going to uh, 
going to uh, have a lot of expectations put on them just off of what happened to him the last couple. Not not Hutchison uh, per se, because I want to just say his last game was kind of uh, mediocre. But but Stingley, his last two years has been kind of average or right above average, but not the Stingley that we thought we were going to see after his freshman year. See, my response will be uh, in general position um, because when you're looking at a uh, drafting a player, whether it's first round, second round, it's the guys that you expect to play a lot of snaps their rookie year and yeah. not necessarily be a superstar uh, unless you're like a top 15 pick like we we was discussing before recording, but just generally be very, very uh, positive in, in, in your play. The quarterback position in this draft is not uh, – per se as 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 high touted as it has been in years past and yet you're still going to see a few quarterbacks drafted probably in the first and second round and just because they're drafted there does not necessarily mean that's uh where they should be when it comes to overall talent because that is a position that every team who needs that position is going to reach for so you know if your team goes out and gets a quarterback in the first or second round don't expect that quarterback to just come out and save your team you know his rookie year so you know just kind of you kind of ease expectations on on the on the quarterback position in my opinion on at least in in this season's NFL draft I agree uh, I agree. Um, this another question by Real Goat Jones. That is an interesting name. Uh, what position should be a priority for the Colts with their second round pick? In my opinion, I think you take the best wide receiver you think is on the board, um, just because it it assures up your wide receiver room. It gives Matt Ryan another weapon. Uh, to use within the system and you're looking for playmakers you're looking for more playmakers on a perimeter uh, on your offense right now uh, you got a good running back uh, you're still looking for another tight end to kind of assure if you can unless unless the young guys blossom into the guys that they think that they can become uh, but you're 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 need you're wanting more weapons for Matt Ryan and this is a, re- a wide receiver heavy type draft that I think in the second round you're going to see some good ones that you just probably gonna have to pull the trigger on my opinion i am a huge fan of bpa uh always have been now generally bpa is almost you know solely when it comes to the first round in my opinion you know it's that first round situation where you take whoever the best player is available no matter what um, because you want difference makers on your team, no matter what position it's at. Um, but in this round, since it is the 42nd pick, the only way I see them do a BPA is if they have a guy that they have listed very, very high that falls, starts to fall. Yeah. Then I see them trading up to get that BPA, you know, like very similar, like uh, what happened with Jonathan Taylor, right? Uh, a couple years back, he started the fall, and uh, the Colts organization's like, uh, I think I'm going to go get him, even though it was not a position of need. Um, right. Still a difference maker. Uh, outside of that, I 100% agree with you. You should go wide receiver this year. Uh, I, I understand 
that we really don't have, know a lot about the wide receiver group right now uh, due to the inexperience that the Colts have at the wide receiver position. But it's specifically because of that is why I think, you know, it would not hurt to just keep adding talent and see whether which cream rises to the top, right? Yeah. yeah. I'm with you. All right. All right. Last question. Um, uh, William Vermillion. Um, now, we don't know a whole lot about the cornerback prospects in general, so I'm going to ask the follow-up question. What techniques will the corner Colts cornerbacks be using this year uh, that you see might be different with Gus Bradley's defense? Well, Gus, uh, when you go back and look at Gus back when he was with Seattle and, and, and those guys that he had in that secondary, uh, they played a lot of coverages to where guys can have their eyes on the quarterback, have their eyes on the ball. So I think that would be something that you see more uh, in this system going forward. You're going to see guys going to be able to take more opportunities, more chances, uh, just because they're going to be able to have their eyes on the ball. They're going to be able to see what's going on in front of them. You know, when you're playing man-to-man a lot, you know, you know everybody, all the fans, like, why he won't get his head turned around? Why is this? You know, it's, it's a different style of play and a different technique that you use when you're in those man-to-man situations. I think Gus will bring a zone element with kind of man-to-man principles, and the only difference is going to be that uh, he, he'll be able to, you know, a lot of guys in a lot of those calls will be able to put their eyes on a quarterback and see things a little different and uh, not be afraid to take a chance or two just because you're protected from within the system. So I think you'll you'll see guys probably get more opportunity. We're already great at turnovers. Now with guys with their eyes on the ball, I think we, you should be able to see more uh, interceptions, more, more of those type things popping up uh, going forward with the defense just because you can see things now. That's a bold statement, Gerard. Uh, last year, the Indianapolis Colts was second in the NFL in takeaways. I know. Uh, <laughs> so, it's so just, I guess what I'm saying is that trend should stay up there. Uh, just, just off of the sense of Gus is going to let you look at a quarterback in that system. Awesome. Well, I mean, also you you also get um, we we bring in a guy who is very good at getting takeaways at the cornerback position, mm-hmm. right? Uh, with, guy, yeah, like you said, that can play man to man as well. So exactly, and then there's also a pass rusher, and we all know that with pass rush, if 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 done right, uh, Robert Mathis is known. You know, yeah. we'll say this all the time. You go after that football, my guy. So right. we'll see. Um, there there is opportunity there. Yeah, and if, and if you recall, Seattle, they never, they never, they used to only rush four. You know, he used to find mm-hmm. good ways and good schemes to get pressure with not having to bring the whole house. So, like you said, you mix a good pass rush in, good scheme with uh, opportunistic linebackers as in littered, and then you bring in Stefan and you got Kenny Moore and all these guys. It that that takeaway, like you should still stay in the top two, top three or the top end of the NFL when it comes to takeaways. And I just think it's going to be exciting. Yeah, absolutely. So I I'm, I'm want to kind of stay focused on the draft a little bit. Uh, I, I want to take you back to your day on the draft, you know, on, 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 on combine and, and all that. There has been some statements talking about how, you know, those players coming out of college, going into the combine, doing all this stuff, uh, you know, they, they feel like that they're being stripped down to their bones, right? 
um how was that with you was it was that a, a similar experience where it, it felt like uh nfl teams and 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 stuff was was uh really like kind of getting you to bear your soul literally and physically <laughs> it's, a, it's an experience that i don't think everything that you go through at the combine like you should you should have to do it uh you know, of course, you want to you want to interview with the teams that are interested. You want to get to know people. And when it comes to that aspect, you want to work out. You want to do all that stuff. But you're literally doing something from five in the morning until, you know, 10 o'clock at night, 11 o'clock at night. You know, they got you just doing something. Wow. And then when it's test day time, you know, you might uh, you might have to wake up at five, have to do a certain type of testing. And then you got to wait for a few hours to certain groups get done and you've already stretched like it's just so much that it was just like man like i wish it would have been structured a little differently like when you're doing your your doctors a, a, a visit and evaluations and all that that stuff takes hours like hours for wow. you to do. like you got to go get all these scans done x-rays done like anything that you've ever had in college they're making you get two and three different pictures you know uh examine exams and all this type of stuff done to where it's just physically draining and then the last part they're like yeah go out there and have a great workout and you're just like <laughs> Man, the last two days has just been so draining that you know you got me thinking about all these things and then every team has like their different ways of interviewing you like you might go into a room with the coats and and it might be a rough interview but they're testing to see how you handle pressure you know can you handle this and that and that you know, and a player that might not know that might leave there thinking like, man, why did I why did they even interview me when they're just going to yell at me the whole time I'm in the interview or whatever the case may be? Not knowing that, you know, different teams use different tactics and styles just to see what your reaction is going to be, you know, under certain pressures and all that type of stuff. So normally you're excited to get to the combine, but you're ready to leave the combine when you're ready to go. So, uh, I mean, it's a it's an experience that everybody should want to go through and want to process. Uh, just because all the great players that had done it and went through it. But once you go through it and you're out looking back at it, it's like, man, like that is just strenuous. Like all the stuff that they have you do is like uncalled for at the end of the day. So um, I don't know if you can remember, like I'm sure you don't remember all the questions that were asked in the interviews, but I'm just curious, was there one specific question that was you know you that sticks out in your mind that you were like this is a bit uncalled for or where did this question come from or something like that it wasn't a crazy question but when i interviewed with the titans i thought the uh i thought <laughs> when i interviewed with the titans i walk into the room and it's jeff fisher and uh the gm and their their uh, personnel staff and all that and then it's a defensive coordinator and it's a secondary coach uh, I left as a redshirt junior out of out of Auburn. It was a real heavy junior corner uh, draft that year. I remember like DJ Moore, Malcolm Jenkins was a junior, um, Darius Butler. Like all these people were junior. Like we were like the big junior class. Like to kind of start that, we're just out. We're leaving, uh, leaving school or whatnot. And I remember I walked into the Titans interview room and. Uh, the secondary coach kind of just was sizing me up, like had like a little stare frown face and sizing me up. And I walk in and I'm trying to be genuine. Hey, how y'all doing? I appreciate y'all having me. Like your agent kind of groomed you on how you conduct yourself in interviews and all that type of stuff. But the energy when I walked in, I was just like, 
Like, do they hate me? Like, what's going on? So I walk into the room and the, like the, the secondary coach in the DC is like, hey, get up there and draw up your top, uh, the four top plays that your defense ran last year. And I want to know everybody's responsibility from the defensive line, linebackers and secondary. A lot of people are not comfortable doing that when you ask them to do that, like knowing what everybody uh, is supposed to do on the defensive side of the ball. But I was I was one of those type players that used to just learn it from top to bottom because uh, they used to make my job easy when I know where everybody else is supposed to be or whatever. Uh, so I walk in, I do that. And, you know, I'm drawing up plays. I'm drawing up the beaters for the plays. Like, hey, yeah, we're in cover three. You know, we uh, we we match carry the scenes. But if the offense run this route or that route, that's the beater. We know that. And, you know, so I'm trying to give them extra content to think like I'm this smart player and, you know, and all that. So I get done doing that. And there's like a pause in the room. And I glance at Jeff Fisher and he's got his hand over his face. So you can't really see his reaction. But before he did it, I saw like a smirk, like a grin. And uh, the coach gets up and he was just like, all right, let's watch these plays. They had 10 plays that was like bad plays from the year, like no good plays. They had a clip of just 10 plays that I was either missing a tackle, gave up a throw or, or whatever the case may be. So the, the coach was like, uh, you think you're good enough to play in the NFL? And I was like, yeah. I said, I feel like I've done what I need to do in college. I'm ready for the next challenge and all that type of stuff. Boom. He, he puts on a play, me missing a tackle. He said, you think you can play in the NFL and you're missing the tackles uh, versus Tennessee? You know, you're missing a, a tackle versus a running back from whatever. Like he started downplaying the schools that we were playing. And then uh, so I'm just sitting there. I'm giving him confident answers. Then he go to a next play. And he's just like, uh, he was like, why, why did you leave? Like, who, who advised you to leave? Like, you know, like almost making it seem like, oh, damn, I made the wrong decision. Like, <laughs> I should not, I'm not supposed to be here. And uh, and I'm like, no, I, you know, I've I done what I was supposed to do. Like, you can go check the film. You know, I've guarded Julio Jones, A.J. Green, Percy Harvin. Like, I've had success versus some, you know, top guys in the SEC or whatever. And then he'll pull up another play. Like, look, look at you right here. That's, you, you think you can cover these guys? So, I say that to say I left pissed off. Like I'm, I'm sitting here thinking, like, man, if I see this dude outside of here, I'm gonna say something. And I actually run into him. So I had an interview with him like earlier that evening. It might have been six o'clock, seven o'clock. When I got done with with everything, it was like eleven fifteen, eleven thirty at night. Mind you, we had to get up for a drug test at five uh, morning the next morning, and that was my test day. So I was getting up at 5 p.m. to take a drug test and then go through all the stuff that you got to go through. And I didn't even test or work out until like 1030 or 11 o'clock, something like that. So but uh, when I got done with everything, we're both walking out of the interview rooms together. And he stopped me and was just like, hey, man, you handled yourself well, well in the interviews. I was impressed. He was like, I saw that you were getting pissed off. He said, but you held your composure. You you, you handled that well. It was like and he was the one that actually said. It's like, no, that was just our that's our interview tactic. You know, we try to make it tough on you, put you on the board to see if you're comfortable, you know, drawing up stuff. If you're comfortable and telling us what your responsibility is, if you're comfortable with a coach yelling at you, telling you you're not good and all this stuff. It's like, man, you handled yourself well, man. Like I got you high on our list. You know, if you you know, hopefully things work out to where I can coach you and all that. So he gave me a vote of confidence. When I was literally at the point, like telling my agent, like, man, I don't even know why they brought me in here. If I see him out of here, I'm going to say something to him. Like he basically told me I made the wrong decision and all that. <laughs> so it's an experience, man. And that was mine. And uh, that's how I know, like every team got their own different ways of going about the whole draft experience.
That I, I, as you were saying it, I'm like, this is how a team finds out if a player is going to be able to handle adversity or not, right? Yep. And that's exactly, that's exactly yep. Uh, it's it's interesting. I like it actually a little bit. Uh, that 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 style of it, but to do that to every player. Wow, that'd be that'd be rough. Uh, yeah, at that same token, it probably shows them the strengths and weaknesses. Like they still might love a player and just be like, "Well, at least we know how to handle him. He can't do this. He can't do mm-hmm. that, but he can do this." Like you know, so with me, maybe they sh- maybe they saw like, "Man, this is a future leader. This is a future guy that'll be able to teach young guys that'll be it. Like we we can count on him to know exactly what." you know, he's supposed to do or whatnot. So if it was ever a situation with dry powers getting beat or um, anything like that, it was more so of skill on skill. It would never be like him giving up a touchdown because he blew a coverage or he didn't know what he was doing on the field, which you can you can handle those type guys to where it's just skill on skill. It's a talent issue, not necessarily a coach. Why is he not bailing when he's supposed to bail? Or why is he not in the flat when we expect him to be in the flat? So it kind of gives you kind of notes that you can put on a guy. So if you do get a guy, you know how to handle him as a coach. Yeah. Yeah. Um, And and your interview with the Colts went pretty well as as well, I I asked him. That was crazy. A lot of people asked me that. I never heard anything from the Colts uh, oh. when I got drafted. So it's like the craziest thing. Like I had a workout with the Patriots. I had a workout with Cincy uh, and a couple other teams or whatnot. But during the whole draft process, I'm talking like, you know, from combine on out, um, did, did not hear from the Colts at all. And then when I got to the Colts, just talking to Bill Polian and uh, and all that, he had me high on his list. He had me high on his board. So uh like, like a, and that goes to show, like, the Colts are just totally different. At that time, they were different on how they handled the draft process compared to a lot of other people because, you know, when I talked to Tim Jennings and when I talked to guys that was there, it was similar stories. They, ne- they didn't hear from the Colts and stuff like that either when they got drafted. So I'm curious now. Uh, makes me think maybe these top 30 um, uh, visits that teams have, I, maybe a lot of teams use that as smoke. You know what I mean? Could could possibly, yeah, could possibly be because every team, after being in the league now and kind of knowing some things and you get cool with certain people at certain positions, like they have an idea on how it's going to go. They have an idea on what guys are going to be taken by who and what teams, like what, what are each team's needs, what round they're probably going to take. So it is kind of a chess piece uh, going on, and I'm pretty sure people use – you know, the, the visits and certain things like that to, to maybe get other teams to think like, like, oh, some must be going on. Like Jacksonville, uh, I saw a report come out and say that, you know, it's going to be a surprise mystery, you know, pick. And, and then they might have such and such fly out that weekend. They already know who they're picking. And it's going to mm-hmm. be somebody that everybody else and kind of predicted that's going to go in that slot or whatnot. But if you're a team that's thinking about trading or trading back, trading up, that might sway you a little bit like, oh, snap, like they might be taking such and such. And we got him as our number one guy on our board. We might need to call Jacksonville to move up or whatever the case may be. So that's how teams, I think, kind of control their own narrative when it comes to the media pushing certain agendas with players that's supposed to go to certain teams and all that. I think they play a role in all that. Yeah, I think so, too. I mean, obviously, you don't want your you don't want to tip your hand right uh to to other teams 
because they might end up jumping the board in front. This is the reason why the Colts jumped in front of Jacksonville to get Jonathan Taylor because they had a pretty good idea. They wanted him. Um, so I think we're c- coming near the end of this one. Uh, we've been running for about 40 minutes now, a little over 40 minutes. And the thing that I'm looking at is it's going to be a big draft weekend, big, big draft weekend. Uh, what I think we have seven picks. Are you expecting Ballard since he doesn't have a first round pick? Do you think that he will uh, perform a few trades like he normally does this uh, this 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 time, or do you think he's going to try to use what he's got? I think he's going to try to use what he got. It wouldn't surprise me if he he be tries to even get you know maybe a move up in some type of sense to to try to do something. You got like in my opinion with with Matt Ryan here now, like it's not a window. It's it's more so we're trying to we got to win right now. Like we need pieces in right now, and I think the more pieces he can get, far as uh, weapons that he can use, I think defensively he might feel good about himself. Just trying to uh, build that depth at certain positions, of course. Um, but offensively, I think it's more so of like we're trying to get any weapon that we believe that Matt Ryan needs to be successful here, and we're trying to win it right now. Uh, so it wouldn't surprise me if he really tries in this draft to really get guys that he want rather than maybe moving back or saving this and doing that. I think we'll see a more aggressive Chris Ballard this draft. I I cannot agree with you more. Um, I, I really do believe that as well. I mean, he, he, he said in his uh, pre-draft presser, you know, I will get murdered, basically, is what he said. If I pick a defensive player with the first pick, right? <laughs> um, he, the the team is very well rounded. There are specific spots on the team that need a little bit of infusion of talent, and everybody knows this. It's a, a blind person that hasn't watched a game all year would be able to tell you what what the spots are on this team that that need that infusion. And uh, outside of that, this is a this is a playoff team. This is a team right now that has Super Bowl aspirations with all the moves that they've made this this past offseason. So uh, moving up in the draft to get a talented player sounds reasonable, in my opinion. Uh, even even you know, I'm not necessarily talking about moving up in the first round. Possible. But I can mm-hmm. see him, you know, trying to get two second round picks, yeah. you know, or something of that nature. Um, so uh, keep an eye out there. I know a lot of people think that Colt, uh, Ballard will just trade back, but and, and and get more picks like he has done in the past. But this is one of those seasons where, you know, that the opposite may actually happen. Yeah. Uh, anything else you want to you want to cover before we get out of here? No, that's it. I'm looking forward towards the draft, though. I think uh, so far, Ballard and Poole, two uh, magic tricks out of the hat with getting rid of Carson Wentz, plus the whole entire contract as well, freeing himself up from that contract. And then Matt Ryan falling in his lap and Stephon Gilmore falling in his lap. So I I will assume, because history tells us so far, that we'll see another magic trick during this draft. Absolutely. Well, Thanks so much for joining. Please, if you're listening to the podcast, don't forget to download it uh, and check us out on YouTube uh, and share this to your favorite social media. If you're watching on YouTube, please smash that like button and hit subscribe if you're not subscribed. 
make sure the notification bell is turned this was believe in colts brought to you by bet online i'm lawrence owen that was gerard powers and as usual go colts Colts. without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running everything would suddenly stop hospitals factories schools and power plants they all depend on you no matter the weather emergency or time of day you're the ones who get it done at Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.